Welcome to the Dark Pedagogy podcast series. Welcome to Katarina Fruvius. And you you just done a, a great book last year and you were nice enough to give us a, a copy. And uh, could, could you tell a, a bit about yourself and your book? But first about yourself. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Katharina Fröbus. I'm a researcher at the University of Graz in the field of theory of education and teacher education. And for the next 20 minutes, I want to introduce my dissertation to you, which I started in 2010. I finished it in 2017, and then the book came out in 2019 with some added illustrations by a colleague. Could we just ask you, Katharina? Yeah. Uh, not all of our listeners know where Graz is. Oh, yeah. So that's in Austria, in the south of Austria. Beautiful part, I guess. It is. It's super beautiful. It's very warm, always good weather. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I moved there from Germany. So, yeah. And my book is called The Undead of Pedagogy, as Untote in der Pädagogik. So I will shortly tell you what my book is about, from what position I approached the topic what my interest of research was, and I'll give you a short summary of the three main parts of my book, which are all connected, but they seem very different on first sight because they deal with the decay of the modern subject in literature and how the critique of the subject has been answered to in the German discourse of philosophy of education and also zombies. So I tell you more about zombies later, just a short definition. Zombies are neither alive nor dead. They cause fear and disgust, and they are a media image of social inequality. And last, I will tell you what I would like to keep on thinking about. So my book deals with the consequences of the discussion about the death of the subject for pedagogical theory and practice. The subject of pedagogy stands in a tradition of strong ideas of subjectivity. It stands for emancipation and autonomy, and it has been implicitly defined as male, white, European, reasonable, bourgeois, educated, and so on, which resulted in a normative relationship to itself and others. So post-structuralist theories, among others, had a great impact on pedagogical thinking by questioning these assumptions. And the death of the subject has become a catchword that describes the critique of a universalistic conception of the subject, a critique that highlights its interdependency and entanglement in social structures. But still the debate around the subject of pedagogy is not settled because we can't just declare that it keeps coming back. That means pedagogical theory and practice cannot talk and think about education without the goal, without someone who educates and someone who is being educated. Like what do you tell your students uh, at school if you don't, if you think of them as subjects that are dead? But how can the radical critique and even death of the subject be translated into pedagogical thinking and action? It seems that the, post, the really radical post-structuralist ideas about the death of the subject have been de-radicalized by translating them into pedagogical questions. For example, school as an institution has been analyzed as uh, in its similarities to the prison factory and the clinic, but pedagogy as a whole, as a technology of power, hasn't been really deconstructed because that would somehow make pedagogy very problematic and pedagogical thinking just a maybe just a way of subjecting people. So however the reception of post-structuralist theories 
seems to have created fundamental uncertainty, which leads to new takes on pedagogical theory and practice. And this is where, for me, the undead comes into play. The metaphor of the undead, not about decay, but instead it points out the ambivalence resulting from the uncertainty of modern categories of thinking. The metaphor of the zombie stands for the very unsettling thought of something coming back and demanding justice that can't be silenced or locked out. So let me shortly tell you how I came up with the idea of the undead subject. I studied pedagogy in Darmstadt at a technical university, but there's a very small institute for pedagogy that was or still is known for something called kritische Bildungstheorie. So it's crit uh, critical theory of Bildung. And what characterizes, uh, characterizes this approach is a dialectical understanding of the concept of education, similar to the critical theory of the Frankfurt School. Bildung in this perspective has the potential of subversion even if school mainly serves the integration into power relations and the knowledge of what has hindered institutionalized education to realize its potential forms the basis of a critique of current forms of building. The critique mainly focuses on the reform of schools, of teacher education and so on. So originally it's a historic materialistic approach. Only at first glance, post-structuralist thinking, especially the theories of Foucault, seems to be radically different from critical theory. Both critical theory and post-structural theory deal with, you could say, the same problem, but in different ways. Like the question of becoming a subject whose authorization is at the same time a submission. While Adorno and Horkheimer look at what is lost and suppressed in the process of historic subject formation, Foucault asks for the productivity of power and how the government of the self is established. So this was the theoretical basis from where I came up with the subject when my PhD supervisor asked me what has always bothered me in my studies of pedagogy. The subject, I thought, it was supposed to be dead, but still everyone was talking about it, especially when I studied pedagogy. So I called this the undead subject and people loved it and wanted to know if I wrote about zombies. And at that point I didn't. <laughs> but I started to include zombies into my research and discovered that zombies are actually a very good metaphor for what the philosophical critique of the subject wants to say. So the interest of my work was to sharpen pedagogical subject criticism, to reconstruct which understanding of the subject was declared dead and on which subject understanding a pedagogy of the undead could be based. I wanted to explore the modern subject and its critique from different perspectives. And I call this a transversal approach because I mixed philosophy, literature studies, cultural studies and philosophy of education, not sticking to the boundaries of disciplines and genres. From these different perspectives on the critique of the subject, I try to find what insights the critique of the subject in literature and philosophy have in common and what new perspectives that generates for the philosophy of education. It is a way of thinking that turns the undead into a method position of in-between that lives precisely from its ambivalence, seeks irritation and avoids false clarity. So now I'm going to introduce the three main parts of my book. The second and kind of main part of the book explains why the subject is a problem in the philosophy of education and what answers have been found to this. It picks up on current pedagogic discussions that deal with the death of the subject and introduces the different contemporary approaches of three authors the names are Kietemeyer Drave, Alfred Schäfer, and Michael Wimmer. 
Those three are from the German context and they are not only rooted in the very German tradition of a theory of Bildung, but they are also influenced by the works of French philosophy like deconstruction, ethics and phenomenology. As a starting point for the dialogue with the undead, they are, they are of particular interest because of their theoretical work is aimed against unquestioned and deeply rooted habits of thinking, like the identifying thinking and thinking in dualisms. They all deal with the subject as difference. They explore the problem of the groundlessness of the subject, its illusions of autonomy and its relationship to alterity. And they emphasize an understanding of Bildung after the death of the subject that is no longer understood as the achievement of self-perfection, but rather as a disruption. It's a decentering movement characterized by the loss of certainties. Maya Drave revises the philosoph philosophical critique of the subject and its rationality and comes to the result that the subject has always been ambivalent, that subjectivity is actually intersubjective and that autonomy is an illusion that's necessary for formulating a critique of inhumane conditions. She pleads for a dialectical thinking from a distance that tolerates otherness instead of wanting to understand it. Schäfer, in his reconstruction of the history of the modern subject through pedagogic concepts, shows that the subject is groundless. Pedagogical concepts are struggling with an unsolvable question. How can something be created that is based only on, in, on itself? Like in the moment the subject is free from normative ideas of what it should be, it must give these ideas to itself. So that's kind of a tautology. Schäfer shows that autonomy is imposed on the subject, but by formulating this critique, autonomy is made possible. And Wimmer discusses pedagogical strategies as a production of, ident of identity, which is based on the destruction of the other. So every time identity is produced by pedagogic action, the, the other is destroyed. And I quote him, the structure of the problem that equality and difference are always coupled with identification and subjugation of the other has been handed down and repeated in different forms in all the discoveries of the other, the discovery of madness, childhood and the unconscious. I really like this quote because he's like showing what the other could be and how it is normalized and childhood is also like something that has to be normalized by pedagogy by transforming it into adultness and how, huh? how did this then lead to the zombies I mean. yeah i i found that in their ideas there they were all looking for for this ambivalences and this ambiguities and um there's some some motives uh i found in their thinking yeah i would just tell you um that kind of try to decenter this logocentric thinking that the subject characterizes and um, that make they never got very to very concrete ideas of uh, like something you could just say that's it that's what i do with the just saying giving it a name a zombie but they more say what's what not to do for example Wimmer, he then tries to establish an understanding of science, of pedagogy as a science of the impossible. So he wants to deconstruct the logocentric discourse of the subject and its reason, and he pleads for a different way of thinking beyond, beyond the usual dichotomies and proposes a new definition of education as the suffering of self-deprivation 
as an experience of self-alienation. And maybe we can come back to this later, like if you understand Bildung as an experience of self-alienation, how you can, how the zombie can, can kind of help with this understanding of Bildung. So the goal of Bildung in this understanding would be to keep open a double difference, the difference to the world as well to oneself. And now I will shortly tell you about the history of the subject in literature, because I found this very enlightening when I was reading this philosophical readings of literary subject figures, it became clear to me that the modern concept of the subject can only lead to failure because all of those um, references to, to literal, literary subjects like Ulysses, Hamlet and Bartleby, they all illustrate that the critique of the modern subject means that it's, it's bound to fail. Because um, all the philosophical readings deal with the ambivalence of becoming a subject and the finding they, well, they deal with this ambivalence and they deal with finding possibilities of resistance while being subjected. I will give you some examples. So Ulysses um, is, was my starting point because he's so famous for being declared the prototype of the modern subject by Horkheimer and Adorno in their Dialectics of Enlightenment because he is able to subject himself in order to gain control over his fate, but to what price? There's this famous scene where he ties himself to, the, to his ship in, uh, to be able to listen to the sirens singing, but the rope kind of makes him immobile, and that's what Horkheimer and Adorno used to, to analyze bourgeois subjects, the parallels. And if you could have a look into my book, the illustrations also illustrate this, this uh, theme of the rope that's the subject that kind of restricts the subject, but also enables it, constitutes it. So um, the next one is Hamlet. He's an example of the exhausted self whose depression shows in his inability, in his inability to decide. And Bartleby's refusal to do anything can be read as a protest against the dullness of office work. Bartleby is the clerk who always says, I'd rather not to. But even if there is a potential of resistance in his complete passivity of refusing all technologies of the self, it ultimately leads to his death. So you could say that literature examines the side effects of becoming subject, and ultimately the critique of the subject doesn't mean just a critique of the concept of the subject, it's a critique of the social conditions that make its realization impossible. And that for me becomes especially clear in the work of Samuel Beckett, his characters are the most disturbing, they have nothing to do, nothing happens, and even their names show the restriction that lies upon them. While Ulysses at least was on a journey back home, the characters in the place and stories of Beckett have nowhere to go. There is no alternative to just waiting. So I find it can be very painful to read Beckett. He shows us the loss of meaning that the modern subject has to deal with. But philosophy loves Beckett, especially for some reasons, Adorno loved Beckett because what is human about his characters, he says, is their deformation. And Deleuze loved Beckett because how he exhausted language until his characters didn't speak anymore, they just moved. And from those two points, deformation as that which is human and the exhaustion of all possibilities until there's only movement, it's not hard to think of zombies now, <laughs> is it? <laughs> So what do zombies have to do with all of this? Just 
to make this clear, I am not at all concerned here with a possible real threat of zombies because zombies have always been fictional. It's about exploring the potential of a certain way of thinking about the human, starting from what is excluded. So I take the zombie as a metaphor, as a way of connecting the critic critique of social problems with the critique of the modern subject's conception, a way of thinking different. And if you try to define what zombies are, there are multiple answers. In zombie movies, zombies are pictured as work slaves, as brainwashed consumers, as a virus transmitting hordes. They can be slow, they can be fast, they stand for many things, but they are always in between life and death, and they evoke the fear of infection, which provokes and also legitimizes forceful defense. The zombie's body is in a state of decay, and yet it cannot be immobilized. This is what makes them so dangerous and so repulsive. So there are three possible definitions uh, for zombies. Zombies are a figure of critique of capitalism. They put into focus slavery, racism, consumerism, and capitalist alienation, and call attention to inequality and social power relations. They are also an example for biopolitics, which means the regulation and control of the population by excluding the infected and regulating the self. So stay home and uh, don't go out, <laughs> don't get infected. And they show the fra fragility of the autonomous self. The borders of the self are porous. That's what you see when you think about, am I, maybe I am already a zombie. The self isn't really something you can make safe from getting infected. So behind the walls of the self, there lurks the dreaded other. The zombie narrative deals with this uncertainty of the limits of the self. Zombies, in short, are the horrifying version of the postmodern death of the subject. The excluded returns to the living as a revenant, as an other that causes fear. And zombies therefore make us understand that the border between self and other is fragile, but they are also used for marking this border again and again. In other words, that's othering, like marking the others as others. And zombies are also the ones you don't have to feel guilty about killing because they, are, they, they have lost their, their, what makes them human. And I can see a lot of parallels uh, in dealing with infections here, uh, in dealing with pandemics. The zombie metaphor describes processes of social exclusion. For example, the exclusion of those unwilling or unable to work, or the exclusion of the potentially infectious, like right now in dealing with COVID-19. Zombies highlight the, preca the precarity of becoming a subject. It is a status that can be lost anytime, and some have already lost it, like those who are on the margins of society, for example, due to insecure residence status, homelessness, or illness. So that makes me, makes me think that social vulnerability is as infectious as a real virus. And that's, I think it causes real fear to the fear of becoming socially a social zombie. So only a few thoughts in the end. I think this, this fear of becoming a zombie is the fear of being contaminated with the, with the virus of social vulnerability and that, that you might not even recognize your social downfall makes the fear even bigger. So what are my two favorite insights from thinking and writing about uh, the subject, the undead subject for so many years? First, it's using the zombie to describe the human gaze on oneself and on others. On the one hand, it means to criticize the social conditions that lead to this figure of thought. 
for example, you can criticize yeah colonialism with the zombies that originated from this from the conditions. But also, uh, the zombie contains the idea um, that you could think of the danger of becoming a zombie as an actual opening of new possibilities. Then becoming a zombie would not be a horror scenario, but it would be more about dealing with the dark side of becoming a subject. I think the critique of the subject requires not only the change of old habits of thinking, a less violent conception of the subject requires the opening for otherness that doesn't nullify the other and reflects the interconnection of social power structures and pedagogic subjectivation. So pedagogy isn't on the right side of these relations. And then my second point would be that when a critical theory of Bildung after the critique of the subject is looking for other ways of thinking that don't produce evidence and certainties, this is not only a matter of understanding the uncertainty of criticism on a theoretical level, but also of making one's own uncertainty a subject of discussion. And this could lead to the search for possibilities of a different scientific speaking and writing that expresses the social position behind the analytical gaze and disturbs the rules of academic discourse. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Interesting. Yeah. And also nicely condensed. It is a whole book. In relationship to uh, to also our dark pedagogy project, I mean, there's lots of overlaps here. Stefan, do you have any uh, questions off the cuff? I have several. One which was striking me when, when I heard the talk uh, is that, okay, so you have the subject and the death of the subject. I was thinking of the, the German TV series Dark. Where is Michel? Where is the subject? But you know, because he was speaking on the inside, or where it was, it's in the other. But when is the subject? Which was something that was thinking about when, because you you write on one of your chapters called "The uh, Subject, the Pedagogik nach seinem Tod." You know, to some extent, the nach announces uh, that it's already gone, but at the same time, you already. In your, your talk now, also highlighting is it's coming back, haunting us in, in that sense, almost that, as if the, the subject is more horrifying than the, the zombie. So the question is, okay, are we in a post-subject society or what is the temporal status of the subject? Wow, <laughs> that's a great question. And uh, first I have to say that I, I didn't see this uh, dark, but I think I have to, I have to do it. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah. I think the state of after the death, it's, it's experienced very differently in different fields of, of pedagogic theory because some, I think in some fields, they just deal with the subject not in a, such an abstract way because they just have to deal with education and school and students and stuff. So I think they see this, it seems more of a philosoph philosophical critique that hasn't made it into the into the practice of pedagogy ideas but uh, in the philosophy of education there have been like since since the 80s there they have been how do you say they they have tried to establish a different understanding of what could come after the subject and to highlight that you can't just go on like this because all of the also what you mentioned uh, in your book, the climate crisis and everything, like there's so much that tells us that something is wrong with how we see the world and how we try to change it if we 
have such an understanding of the what is human and what's non-human and that we should really fundamentally change the ways of seeing and understanding this but these theories they remain unheard uh, remain unheard i think in the mainstream of pedagogy theory can i just move on from that i mean i I really like also your work and i like this notion of the zombie as the almost like uh, ambiguity uh, materialized and also giving it a name but I, but I was thinking, but because zombie is also, as you say, a way of externalizing threats and demarcating human and inhuman and so on. But but in some of, I mean, newer movies, for example, in zombies, I, I'm remembering here, I Am Legend with Will Smith, where the, the end of the movie is that, that Will Smith figures out that the zombies are actually the new civilization and they are fearing him because he destroys, threatens them. So I'm also interested in this state. I mean, in our, in our book on back pedagogy, we also did work on, on death and, and being dead and the notion of dying and death as, as a highly productive way of thinking of things and also understanding that we are not unlimited in our power. But um, I mean, the, the subjectivity of the, the undead of the, the zombie, that uh, is there also a, a civilization, a culture out there and, and not only a, a slipping of, uh, of what it is to be human. I don't know if you've seen the movie. Medium no. recommendable. Yeah, I have seen only like the real, uh, like what I would uh, think from, from all the articles about them, the, the most important zombie movies because there are so many but i also realized that there's there are big shifts in like what zombies are and how they are how they are dealt with and there is this shift from like giving zombies a soul or something that they they like they want to live their own lives and what i like about this this shift is that that's what i wanted to say before with the idea of building as some kind of self self alienation if we think of zombies just like more or less normal people then i think the it becomes more imaginable that the other isn't so different at all and um we should for me it means we should be open for for like different ideas of of the human and non-human but also if it leads to you know not the not having the, the humans in the center anymore. A big part of our yeah. project is, is this effort to try at least to understand that perhaps it's not, you know, anthropocentric, all of it. Yes, and death isn't only what, what you have to fear, but what's kind of, I mean, that's a metaphor again, but the, those undead people, they are also part of all of it. <laughs> and they are not, they don't have to be killed or whatever, excluded. Yeah, and you shouldn't fear death because I think that's what also Horkheimer and Adorno wanted to say that if the subject fears that what's not part of it and forcefully excluded excludes everything that's not not useful, then that leads to this modern subject with all its neg- this negative consequences, which uh, ultimately lead into Nazi barbarism. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I picked that up because it fits quite in both the, the Frankfurt School and then later also Foucault. They have like this tension between on the one hand side, you know, the, 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 the 
subject or they're trying to, to some extent decenter the subject, erase it, kill it. And on the other side, then Gesellschaft, and somewhere you write also about here, this tension between or the, the relationship between the notion of subject and the production or reproduction of Gesellschaft society in that sense. And when you were talking also about, you know, the, the foundations of, of the idea of Bildung, which to some extent is like the self both ground and producing itself at the same time. How do you how do you see is there like and if you maybe if the undead enters and the zombies enter that uh, dualism with a triangle how 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 is can we understand this tension between the impossibility you know of creating society to some extent the, the subject fails and encounters also this alienation in like like I think Jonas is your uh, Lacanian Cisetian Cisetian friend for. Sishek says is a, like the subject is a, has trauma, you know, the trauma of like this failure. And how 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 could the insert the notion of zombie, you know, in, in, to, to some extent also to mitigate, you know, the, the failure of the sub, subject in, you know, uh, to maybe re render that alienation into something else than, you know, just this not fulfilling the demands of society. Yeah, I think the the like accepting the this notion of uh, of a zombie would mean that you that you don't strive so much like, as a as an as an ideal of becoming a subject don't strive for self uh, perfection and self optimization and all of this neoliberal uh, stuff but accept uh, like because what what does it have to offer either you you are in the red race and you are successful or you become depressive or burn out uh, or whatever there's always the negative side of it so there has to be some something that kind of how do you say puts puts both of these sides lets them both exist along each other and also in one person so i always like the idea of of there was one one zombie theor some guy who wrote about zombies and he said that that the ultimate thing would be to to just go over and get uh, bitten by them and become a zombie because but, and that but, you shouldn't you shouldn't fear this <laughs> this becoming a zombie but embrace it but at the same time it seems like quite a red race to be a zombie i mean it's <laughs> not a super peaceful uh, harmonic uh, way of living um, yeah as an outsider true but but also you could say that's like that's what what life really is because you know some are privileged and they can live a life uh where they never get their hands dirty but then there are all those others who who have to to work just to have enough to eat so mm. it's also i think i i also like this this idea of uh risking to lose your privileges that would uh kind of put the critique of the subject into practice. That is not just an abstract critique, but you really have to lose privileges. But yeah. I think it's really hard to imagine what this could really, really mean for the individual person. But, but in, in that way, I mean, it, it's also, I think it relates to also our project and being speculative in that instance, that it, it's about also trying to position yourself in, in different places and viewing what we find normal from a, a quite, I mean, from our perspective, bizarre position of the zombie. Okay, so thank you for all of this. Powerful insights. I think the, 
there'll be plenty more to discuss here, but just before we close off, how do you use this in your teaching? Because this is uh, avant-garde shit that uh, everybody should benefit from. Well, I have to say, I, uh, well, and thanks. Um, I, I work in teacher education, so I actually, I don't use this. I, I teach a lot about social inequality in schools and stuff, and also about like reflecting the ideas uh, the students have of why they want to become a teacher. But I, ne I almost never use the zombies. But I'm always happy if I get invited to other universities to like a master studies where I can teach some some more theoretical stuff than in a bachelor of uh, teacher education. I think it it has great potential. I think it's uh, so, zombie studies overall should be in, enforced a bit more. Yeah, that would be nice. But uh, right now uh, they are just like. A, at the University of Graz, uh, I can tell you there's not, there's, there's not many people who are interested in, in zombies, <laughs> sadly. But I think there's quite a lot of education potential. I was thinking spontaneously back to our colleague Nana in Copenhagen College of Education. Mm -hmm. She has this example of this uh, city uh, forests where they go to and uh, learn, farm and so on. And then they have the chickens where they cut off. Uh, so, so they, they feed the chickens and so on. And then at the end of the term, whatever, they cut the head off and then they eat it. But then apparently uh, uh, the example that uh, Nana provided to us was this chicken, which without head was starting to run around. I think there we have the, the chicken zombie here, which, yeah. <laughs> which is driving quite of educational attention. <laughs> and uh, what what will we see from from your side now? What's the cutting edge of uh, of zombie? What's the future of zombie educational pedagogical research? Anything in the anything's planned? Not not uh, right now. I haven't planned uh, anything yet. But and also I have to say, after so many years of of writing about the subject, I was kind of glad I could just put the book in my shelf and <laughs> look at it again. But I still liked the, the topic and I was kind of, uh, it was nice to, to uh, go back so deep into it now that you asked to me to join your podcast. But I think it would be really interesting to, to look at current uh, political and social phen phenomenons uh, with the zombie because, well, right now the COVID-19 crisis is kind of, Cool. But you, you always have to be really, um, I mean, it's a delicate topic. You can't just call real people zombies. So, yeah, but I think this, the idea of a pedagogy of the undead, like asking what are, uh, what are our images of the human, that, that is something that I want to explore some more. Okay, then we'll have to get back to you. That would be super interesting. <laughs> Thank you for participating. Very interesting. And uh, I think I checked and your book is uh, in most good online book retailers. So run out and buy it uh, if you want to yeah. know more about the cut. Yeah, and look at this really great and super dark illustrations from my colleague that I personally yeah, can nice. show you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay.